Up next is the left turn with Jacob Blair and Trevor Mater here on KZLX LP Maryville. As a quick reminder, the views and opinions of the hosts of the left turn do not reflect the views and opinions of KZLX or Northwest Missouri State University. It is now time for the left turn here on X106.7. TJ Majors giving him the information. No pressure at all. Well, he has risen well above the pressure as he comes out of turn number four to claim his first ever Cup Series championship. It's Joey Logano who wins. He'll never be introduced the same way again. From now on, it'll be willpower Indianapolis 500 winner for 2018. Checker flag. Power and Penske win it. Kyle Busch. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Almost. The momentum. The contact. 18. They make contact. The 18 into the wall. NASCAR, IndyCar, and all things motorsports. It's time for the left turn here on X106.7. Now, here's your hosts, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mayer. And welcome into the left turn. And yes, I am Jacob Blair, and we do have trevor mater in studio today for his first show of 2019 live it's good to have you here trevor yeah i'm glad to be here i'm i'm so excited to be here that i'll be gone again next week so yeah i figure i hit at least one show we've only been doing we've been in school what seven weeks i think something like that and this is the eighth week I finally bestowed. Not all of them were my fault. Um, there were a couple snow days in there, and then I had a sick day as well. So actually, in those three, I would have been here. But pretty sure, mo- if you know any of our listeners are glad, there's two of us, so they don't have to listen to me for yeah. an entire hour. Or they're upset because that other one is me. That that possibly yeah. is a, a situation too. But let's get into it. Let's start with the racing action from this past weekend. Week three of the NASCAR season, all three series were at Las Vegas. We'll start with the Cup Series, and this was a race where we kind of got a taste for the aero package from Atlanta, but Atlanta, with with the the track surface, we really didn't know what we were to expect at Las Vegas, and I don't think anyone expected what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, tire wear at Atlanta is a a different animal than tire wear at Las Vegas, and I don't think did, – did you really know what to expect Sunday? Because I, I had no, no one, clue. No one really knew what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. Everyone had an, their own idea of what they were going to see. I thought everyone was going to stay a little bit closer. I didn't think we were going to see this pack-style racing all race long, but I thought on restarts it would stay packed up a little bit longer, and then everyone was going to stay a little bit closer. Kind of like Atlanta. But it spaced out really quick. And I, I have to think that had to do with somewhat with the sun, and ultimately I think it has to do with handling. Is you know, mechanical grip is still number one priority. If you don't have it, this aero package is not going to help you. I think the other concern I have is dirty air is playing too much of a role. That that's to me why that the move was made is it, the biggest problem is dirty air. Clean air means too much. It's too much of an advantage, and I think. You, as trying to fix some of that, you've got cars that can handle it better, but at the same time, you've got cars producing a lot more dirty air, and, and you end up with very similar racing to what we saw from Vegas last year. Yeah, I think it was better in some ways. Um, I, I, the finish was a lot more exciting, but it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, we'll dive more into just kind of the overall context of everything here in a little bit, but 
Yeah, Kyle Larson's been one guy in particular that his car just has not been good in dirty air. I know Kyle Busch wasn't too happy with, with the way his car rode in dirty air. It's still a work in progress. It's We're two races into it, um, and it's it's still a work in progress. I, I liked what Steve O'Donnell said with, with NASCAR. He said it, it was better. It wasn't what we were hoping it would be. We're going to continue to try to, to get it there, and I think ultimately that's – finding a way to make dirty air mean less and i think we're going to see changes to this package throughout the year. i don't think they're going to wait till the end of the season I don't, no they're not going to sit there and go this is what we've got we got to deal with it they're going to continue to try to improve everything i think what what the difference is is last year and i talked about this this last week is you could get within a second real easily and then that dirty air would hit and you couldn't close anymore as you got to the end of that race it was a half second before that, that stall ended up happening. So th- there's some improvement there, but, but dirty air still means too much. Or clean air still means but too much. the last two weeks, we've had exciting finishes, really. I mean, we've had guys get within, you know, go from two seconds down to probably just needing another lap or two to win the race. I think that's a, a really good thing, too, is it's, it's making these finishes a little more exciting. Um, restarts have always been crazy. But these restarts have maybe been a little more crazy than they have been in years past. Not so much this past week, but Atlanta was nuts. Atlanta was still wild this week, but it's, it's yeah. one or two laps, and they get everything sorted out. At some point, they're going to junk a bunch of stuff th- this year. It's going to be awesome. That. But, Probably be like Bristol. But I think the good thing for me is it's not pack racing. Like There was a group of people that felt like it could be pack racing. Follow the leader. Uh, that, but but everyone just kind of in a glob. It's not that. The best car is still the one up front, and you're, you're able to run up front, and you're able to get away from people. So it's still pure racing, but you're able to, to even w- when cars in front of other cars have dirty air, you can close and pass. It's just that that car out front with clean air, there's a lot on. So we'll go ahead and we'll dive into to some of the specifics of this race. Two cautions this entire event, and stages. that was for the stages. So was it, I think the first race without a natural caution since Talladega of 2002, I believe. I know we were at the fall race in Kansas last year where there was one natural caution. And then I think there was another race at Kansas maybe last year where there was only one or two natural cautions. But this so. one, there wasn't any. So it yeah. would have been a, it really probably would have been a green flag race. There had not been the, those stage cautions. And that's ultimately why those stages are there is to, to promote – to, to promote a little bit more excitement in, in the mid-levels of a race, which is where some of the complaints seem to come more so for. But Well, and I think a large part of why there were also no cautions, B.J. McLeod started and parked. He was actually running at the end. He ran 220 but of the he, 267 he parked. Mark, Mike Joyce said at one point that he parked. He came back out on the racetrack. Oh, weird. He, he was in the garage at one point. It was Joey Gase that started and parked. Solid. But we'll go ahead and break down this race. Not a whole lot to break down, so you get to the finish. You get through stage one. Stage one was boring. Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones, your your, your top five in that stage. But it got spaced out, and, and Harvick really drove away with stage one. Yeah, he won the pole, which he doesn't. He hadn't really done a lot of qualifying. Until. Before we get to that, I think we need to talk about qualifying. That was crazy. It is the draft meant something, and everyone just waited. And then everyone went after, and, and it was draft qualifying. And I, it, it, there was a part of me that didn't like it, and there was a part of me that loved it. Because it, it's a lot more strategic than just trying to put down the, the fastest lap possible. 
but it does take that raw speed out of it a little bit at these racetracks with this package. Yeah, and Harvick, you know, really up until the last year or two, wasn't a great qualifier. Um, qualifies in the pole, gets out front right away, and after watching that first stage, I thought it was going to be the Harvick show. I mean, we've seen him have success at Vegas. He won there last year in pretty convincing fashion and just controlled it from the green flag. And you thought, oh, man, this is his race to win. So then you get through stage two, and this one you get Joey Logano ends up winning stage two. Kevin Harvick still runs second. Martin Truex Jr. third. Brad Keselowski fourth. Denny Hamlin finishes fifth in that stage. But just a, another stage where after the pit stop cycle, Joey Logano ends up out front and ends up solidly getting that stage. Yeah, did he? I can't remember when he took the lead from Harvick. And then Harvick stormed back, right? And probably was because Ryan Blaney was trying to keep his spot. You know, Blaney and Logano were teammates. Ryan Blaney was trying not to go another lap down. So Logano basically was riding behind Ryan Blaney, trying not to lap him. So then Blaney could get another lap back at the end of the stage. And another couple laps, and Harvick probably. Yeah, and the, the way Logano ended up, it was there was a lot of pit stop strategy within that stage. You had a lot of guys kind of split it. William Byron ends up running the entire fuel run, so he led a lot of stage two. Joey Logano, once William Byron finally pitted, was able to, to pick up that stage win. But not a whole lot necessarily happened in stage two is there wasn't a whole lot that really happened in this race there was good racing but but stage three is really where everything picked up a little bit and i feel like that the last two weeks you know you can say what you want about the aero package have we really known who's gonna win coming into stage three no i mean i think you have a good idea of four or five that's a great that's a great thing you have a good idea of four or five but honestly i would take that every week over you know having two or three door-to-door races every year you know, Atlanta, I did not expect Brad Keselowski, you know, but other guys shot themselves in the foot on pit road. You know, Kyle Busch cut a tire. Las Vegas, I think I had Logano probably third. Go, I figured Kyle Busch would find a way to bounce back from his pit road and his cues. Kevin Harvick, um, even Brad Keselowski. But, yeah, it, stage is a lot more interesting for sure. And that's one other thing I think we should hit real quick is the, the – the- Pit Road has been a and I love it. Pit Road has been a tough place for drivers this season. And I, I love it. You it's had awesome. Pit Road cost guys race two. You end up with this race. Kyle Larson, a, a in Austin Dillon, Kyle Larson with the same situation. Austin Dillon had a fast race car. He had a top ten car. Wasn't able to, to end up running as well as he hoped because you had this penalty where too many men over the wall because men that were not over the wall put. Had basically their hand on pit road, and they said that's too many. Refresh is it seven or eight? You're allowed over the wall. I think it's seven. I think they took it down to six. Did they? And anyways, yeah, you know whatever it is. I think it's six, and then you get one if he's not performing any. Yeah, and they have the rule. It's kind of like the catch rule. It's kind of became as tough as the catch rule in football. Um, Like if they have a hand or a foot down, it counts them inside the box. I think they changed that this year, didn't they? Because I know last year was it Boyer got dinged at Texas because one of his pit cell guys was just chilling. Um, But Dylan's guy, I think Dylan's guy was the hand and maybe Larson's was the foot or the other way around. They weren't actually over the wall. They just had a lack of judgment. You end up with a penalty. Austin Dylan's crew tried to make a case for baby of the week too in their argument 
um, uh, against it, but probably justified too. It's one of those ticky tack things. It's in the rule book. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty straightforward. Um, it, it, is it picky? It's very picky. It's one of those though, where where is the line? And the easiest way to say is any body yeah. part doesn't matter if you have if a body touch, part. If you that touch, touches, it, yeah. you're over the wall. That's the simplest way it, to do it, it, other than what actually you know constitute. Is it is it the foot or is it the entire foot? I mean, you know, and they've got the rule: the, the fuel guy easy. can't do anything except fuel the car. I can't remember who it was. Jimmy Johnson last week got or Daytona got caught with that. I don't, you know, they've got so many rules, and some of them are ticky-tack, but they're in the rule book, and they're, and they're pretty straightforward for the most part, too. And pit Road has just been a mess this yeah, year. The other, it's been fantastic. The other one with a pit road issue was Kyle Busch. He tried to, to haul the mail onto pit road, wasn't able to get the car woed down, and busted through segment one on, on pit road. So that hurt his race. And he was one that was able to recover, but ultimately that hurt Kyle Busch's chances. I loved his reaction, too, because he knew... You know, and he said over, and I can't repeat exactly what he said to his team, but he said, there's no way. <laughs> he, he, he knew. Like, you know when you're cruising along the highway and you meet a state trooper or a police officer and you know you're speeding and, like, you see them hit your brakes, you're just like, oh, great. That, that had to be Kyle Busch's. Like, he knew that he was God. And then he was behind the eight ball all day. And without, I think without that pit road miscue, he probably pulls the weekend sweep. He, he had the fastest car, and we'll, we'll get to him a little bit later. But you get to stage three, Joey Logano out front. You have the final pit stops. You end up with everything. You have Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski. That's who fought for the end of this race. Really a great battle with, I think, about 20 to go, where they went back and forth before Logano got out front, started driving away from Keselowski. And then the last 10, Keselowski found his groove back and was able to get almost to the back bumper of Logano by the end of the race. But ultimately, Joey Logano ends up winning race number three and locking his, his place in the playoffs. If it was anybody but Joey Logano, I think Kyle Busch might win that race because Brad Kozlowski packed it in. He was he was going for the, the Dale Earnhardt Jr. slide job, and I think he kind of decided to be nice knowing that you know these guys are teammates. It's early in the season. Brad Kozlowski's already in the playoffs. Joey Logano hasn't. Well, Kozlowski's not officially in, but he's in. Kieslowski is not, or Logano is not, rather, and I, I think he decided to play nice. I, I do want to clarify something real quick. It is multiple times during that battle between Joey Logano, Brad Kieslowski, Jeff Gordon was saying they were throwing slide jobs on each other. They were not. No. That was called clearing someone off of the corner. A slide job is when you slide up in front of someone in the middle of the corner. You, you sail it off on entry, and you slide up in the middle. It is not just going to the bottom, putting together a good corner and being clear off. Kyle Larson at Chicago, that was a slide job. job. But he was – I think you call going into turn four, I think you could probably call that – could you call that a slider, the the half-hearted slider attempt? I mean, because he was was throwing a Hail Mary there. And to me, a slider is desperation too. He he made an attempt and and backed it out at the last minute. But – Early with, with anything they were battling with, yeah. you look at it battling with about 20 to go, they, they switched the lead a couple times back and forth. Those were not slide jobs. He's been hanging out with Michael Waltrip too much because Michael Waltrip does that all the time too. It's Go watch some dirt races, watch some of their slide sliders, and, and you'll see that what we witnessed on Sunday was nowhere close. Yeah, I wish he would have sent it. Um, because I think it would have been a fan, fantastic finish. He, he had an opportunity to slide up, and I think Joey Logano – that's what a slide job is meant for is you make the guy behind make a decision he's either got to react quick enough to 
cross over, and more than likely you're going to beat them on exit because they've got to park the car in the center of the corner when they throw, a, throw those sliders. But you make the car behind make a decision. We've seen guys run into the back of guys in front of them or, or both cars wreck. That's what the, the move is meant for is you're not going in there because you're going to clear them and then drive off. It's The guy behind has got to make a decision, and he's got to make the right one, and that's why they work so often because that, that the leader that gets slid doesn't make the right decision. But, again, what we saw Sunday was not – Sliders. Carl Edwards at Kansas. That, that was a, that was a, that was a video game. I've pulled that on video games many, many times. But, yeah, no, that wasn't a slider. Um, I, I have one more thing, kind of, I guess, just to add about, you know, the aero package and everything. Is I don't – I said earlier, I don't think it's been great. I don't think it's been terrible. I think it's been a work in progress. But there have been a lot of people on social media that have just absolutely tore, you know, tore the race apart for one and tore the whole package apart. And, I mean, d- did you find Sunday's race boring? No. I found there, there it. There were stretches where. The first stage was boring. But overall, it, it wasn't. A solid race. And the the part that, that gets me is the, the you get a lot of these, and it's social media trolls, whatever you want to call the complaints. You, you get, And then you ask them what they want, and they can't answer the question. Because. Yeah. If you go any different than what they've got now, you end up – I mean you go back to the IROC series that ran and you watch those guys on Oval. You don't want that every single week because that's not racing. You've got to keep an element of racing. We don't want a Daytona or Talladega-style race each week. We just want guys to be able when they're faster to pass. And this package has gotten closer think, to that I think goal. We've, I think we've seen that. And plus, if you're one of those people that – that watches NASCAR every week expecting every race to be the greatest race you've ever seen. NASCAR probably isn't your sport. There are some duds. You know, I've watched some, I've sat through some incredibly boring races. Did I've, anyone watch Super Bowl 53? Yeah. It, it, it was it, it's pretty boring. To that point, it's, this is a sporting event. It's, you know, it's not scripted there's yeah the only, there's the only no way you can make sure it's not happen. boring is manipulating the outcome and if people would whine if nascar did that too and you know some people say even the stages do it i think the stages have made races more exciting in years past but i mean if, if you expect every race to be the most exciting race you've ever seen you shouldn't watch nascar because it's not going to be the most excited um race you've ever seen there's some duds there's some really boring there's tracks that are just conducive to that and it is what it is. Quit your whining and enjoy it. I mean, it's racing. It's fun. You know, there's going to be some great races. There's going to be some not-so-great races. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here on the left turn. When we get back, we're going to keep it at Las Vegas. We're going to talk about the Xfinity and the truck race. You're missing at- something. What? You're- You've caught me that. You caught me that on that podcast once. You're right. But we can get it after break. We'll get it after break. You listen to the left turn on X106. Welcome back into the left turn, Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you. As before we left, we have one last thing to get to before we get to that. I can't believe you keep forgetting about our I, favorite, like our, our favorite our number segment. one I, I, segment. For some reason, I'm just forgetful today. I, I didn't go through the top ten either from Las Vegas. We'll do that what real quick. What are you quick. doing? <laughs> I think me slacking. Being, I think me being here has messed you up. Clearly. It has. Joey Logano ends up with the race win. Brad Keselowski second. Kyle Busch third. Kevin Harvick fourth. Kurt Busch 
finishes top five. He's looked fast. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. sixth. Eric Almarola seventh. Martin Trix Jr. eighth. Chase Elliott ninth. And then Denny Hamlin rounds out the top ten. Now we can get to our favorite segment. And hopefully yours, too. Hopefully yours, too. But the baby of the week. And last week, we had an abundance of candidates. This week, everyone kind of minded their business, kept it calm. We had some just brilliant radio from Eric Jones. I don't think it was quite. It it wasn't. It was more funny. It wasn't really complaining and whining. So for the first time in this 2019 NASCAR season, the poster baby of Baby of the Week Kyle gets his Bush. award as Kyle Busch is our Baby of the Week this weekend. And, a very, and we're kind of nitpicking here, really. It's a very moderate award, but it goes to you end up, you talk about the Xfinity race on Saturday, which we'll get to for a brief couple of minutes because there really wasn't a whole lot to talk about other than the finish and the, the great race between Bell Reddick and, and Bush, but complains of a loose wheel on the opening stint, which should not happen. But no. really, for what happened, he handled that situation pretty well, but he did lay into his crew a little bit. Did his voice crack, too? It did. Which is always funny, when a grown man's voice cracks from yelling. And then Sunday... that he- That's really where he ended up getting this week's Baby of the Week. But in most situations, this would not be Baby we of the probably, Week. It was if just this a- would have been Atlanta, I don't think we would have even mentioned him. No, especially no. With, with all of the candidates because from Atlanta. our other two real candidates were the fans for whining, um, but fans whine all the time, and then Eric Jones for his in-car audio. With I Ricky think Stenhouse. we threw Noah Gragson in there just because of, of a tweet he made. Yeah, but it really wasn't Someone enough. Needs to talk to that kid, but yeah, Eric Jones, he was justified because Ricky Stenhouse was driving like a ding dong, but. That whole thing was Ricky Stenhouse. I, I'm going to go off track here for a minute. Ricky Stenhouse is a gift that keeps on giving. Like, there's a part of me that wants him out of NASCAR, and there's a part of me that hopes that dude never leaves NASCAR. Like, he is the new Jamie McMurray as far as guy that's in an okay enough fast car and is just in the way of everybody. And I don't think he's as likable as Jamie McMurray either. Like, guys like Jamie McMurray. Like, guys would get mad at Jamie McMurray on the track and then go and, and shoot the breeze with him off the track afterwards. Recky Spinhouse doesn't get that vibe to a lot of people over him like Kyle Larson and, for a time, Danica Patrick. It... You can't this year. There's not been a race where we're not talking in some way, shape, or form about the 17 car. And I hope that's our. I hope. I hope we talk about them all year. Like I hope Ricky Stenhouse and BJ McLeod get mentioned on every single. And I will go out of my way to make sure it happens. Like the dude is great. Like he's he's so bad and he's so great at the same time. Like I'm beginning to become a Ricky Stenhouse fan. Well, wasn't the the radio from Eric Jones simply oh, saying? He he. So am I going to be on his, you know, not going to work yeah, with list? Yeah, not approved list or whatever. That was great. And then I think that it's going to be a long day if the 17 keeps driving like a dumb butt comment. I think that was – I think that actually came from a spotter, but that was still great too. Um, Ricky Stenhouse, we love you. Please. <laughs> you do you, Ricky. But – Baby of the week goes to Kyle, Kyle Busch, Busch for his post-race comments, and, and they weren't all that bad. He, he was just on the long lines of saying that he, he felt like he had the best race car and made mistakes, and the you know had the best race car didn't come away with the trophy. And the comment that really 
gave him the Baby of the Week award. Again, a very moderate one this week. Was just saying it's whatever we'll head on to the next race. And just his facial expressions, just normal. He, it was normal Kyle Bush. He is really bad with his facial expressions. Um, as far as I think sometimes that rubs people the wrong way more than others. I think back to, I want to say, was it Bristol last year in the Xfinity race where he had a, a super fast car? Um, and I think he cut a tire and ended up wrecking. He goes to talk to, I think it was Dave Burns from NBC, and was just a total jerk the entire time. The interview gets over, and he gives Burns this really just jerky look. And I think that's kind of what we're going the wrong way, too, is sometimes he's too him. I mean, that, what's he supposed to do in that situation? I mean, he's a competitor. He hates losing. They had, a, they had the best car Sunday. So I'm sure leaving there with a third-place finish was a disappointment. And knowing that he did it to himself, too, is probably more of a disappointment. Yeah, again, most of our Baby of the Week candidates this week were justified. But if you, if you want to keep the segment going, you got to pick someone. So Kyle Busch yeah. was this will be enough of, of complaining. This will probably be Kyle's least deserving Baby of the Week of the year because I'm sure this isn't going to be the only one. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and move on to the Xfinity race, Saturday's competition at Las Vegas. And this was the best race of the weekend yeah, to me. And it was a it was an interesting race where I think at one point you had six cars on the lead lap. And it was Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell drove away from everyone else. Kyle Busch did not have the best car. That went to, to probably Christopher Bell or Tyler Reddick. Just in, in really, to me, an epic battle between these drivers. Is, and Is it just me or is Tyler Reddick starting to look like he might actually be something? This looks like a, a season where Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick are going to put on some races for us. Yeah, and Because you know, so far, these two cars and these two drivers are miles better than everyone else. And I still think Christopher Bell ends up winning the title. But I think Tyler Reddick, who is... The betting champion could give him a run for his money. He's looked he's looked fast. And you get to this race, which wasn't all there wasn't a whole lot. There were a couple early incidents, so more more restarts. But the restarts really single fought out. Really, and it was all about this battle between these three drivers. You get to the the end of this race, and you got guys switching positions here, left and right. But Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick chased down Kyle Busch from from quite a ways back running right up against the wall. Kyle was about a, a lane down. When they got there, Kyle moves up. Well, Christopher Bell, he was able to make the pass, but then once he made the pass, basically the, the shift in air, and again, that, that clean versus dirty air we talked about earlier, hit his car. The balance on his car changed. Christopher Bell ends up in the wall. Kyle Busch gets back around him, and then the, the battle is on again. Then a caution comes out late, and then we get the restart. Which was... <laughs> mayhem where you know kyle bush he's out front but you end up with tyler reddick getting loose on the bottom running right there with kyle bush he spins out he takes out christopher bell you end up with it was zane smith who was making his xfinity debut and then austin Sendrick getting taken out along with that so your, your two contenders and bell and reddick getting taken out in that crash and then kyle bush not a whole lot to deal with got a, a decent challenge from john hunter Nemechek on the next restart but Kyle Busch ends up with another win and an inch is just a little bit closer to that 200 win mark. Yeah, 197. 197. He's, he won't get it this week, obviously, because there's 
only two races at Phoenix, but he could get it in two weeks if he pulls the weekend sweep. And Kyle Busch with the win. John Hunter Nemechek finishes second. Noah Gragson, he finishes third. Austin Dillon finishes fourth in that Kayla Gracing number 10. Michael Annette, fifth. Ryan Sieg, sixth. Ross Chastain, seventh. Chase Briscoe, eighth. Cole Custer, ninth. And then Justin Haley rounds out your top 10. A lot of those guys moved up late because of the, the incidents late in the race. I do want to run through the, the point standings here real quick, just in the Xfinity series. Um, you know, Top 12 will be locked into the playoffs later on in the year. Christopher Bell, Michael Annette, for all intents and purposes, are locked in with a win. Um, and Chris Rebell's probably going to win many more races. Cole Custer, he's currently second. He'd be in, as with Tyler Reddick, Brandon Jones, John Hernemichek, Justin Allgaier, Ryan Sieg, Ross Chastain, Noah Gregson, Austin Sindrick, and Justin Haley. Chase Briscoe, the first man out in 13th. And then Jeffrey Earnhardt, Brandon Brown, Josh Williams, Garrett Smithley, Craig Galding, Ray Black Jr., and David Starr running out your top 20. So really, it's, what, a 15-car battle for 12 spots right now, it looks like. Uh, about but again it's early in the season i, I don't take a lot of value or, or no. stock looking at points this early in the season just i like try to because i like you know a guy like michael and that right now he's fifth you know ryan sees seventh that's uh, pleasant that could change a lot can they and, stay there or yeah. will they drop as the season kind of works its way out when i move to the gander outdoor truck series event from las vegas kind of boring and this one was not in all honesty was not a great race and, and you can credit that to kyle bush at 110 at 134 laps but ends up winning all three stages and you can get mad at him or not for running in these races but just to to put it this way the the man is talented and when he drops down and and guys have similar equipment i mean he's got two other trucks that got the exact same stuff he does and he absolutely drives away from these fields And, and it is annoying to some people as it is it is impressive what Kyle Busch can do in a, in a truck. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, Kyle Busch at one time was this 17 or 18-year-old kid. I mean, he, he was, it might have been a long time ago, he was Harrison Burton. He was Todd Gilliland. He was um, Jesse Little, Sheldon Crete. He was one of those guys. So, I mean, I, I'm glad NASCAR has put the restrictions in they have to where, you know, he can't just go out and run every race. But I have no problem with him dropping down for, I think he's five's the limit, right? Five for trucks, seven five for, for trucks. Yep. You know, I'm fine. I think seven's a perfect number. I think five's a perfect number. He's already ran two. Um, I can't remember. I thought they said the other three he was going to run. But um, he just comes down, and I think he, he shows them boys what's up. And if anything, maybe those guys learn something from it. And, and I know, and that's right where I was going to go. I know it, it isn't necessarily great for the product on the racetrack. But these series are meant to, to get drivers, the ultimately get drivers ready to move to the Cup Series. At these some are like point. minor league baseball, and this is when these guys get to watch what Kyle Busch does. And granted, they get whooped by him, but they get to watch him, and, and it ultimately makes them better. And especially if you're able to beat him, then all eyes are on you, and, and you've made yourself and you put yourself in a position where now people are going to start watching you if maybe they weren't before. Yeah, you know, Kyle Busch, he, he wins a lot. Um, obviously, last year he ran five races. He won two of them. This year he's ran two races. He's won two of them. So, does he win all five this year? I say he wins four. I ha- I'd have a look at his schedule, but I I think he. I mean, he's already got two. I think three or four is definitely like is definitely going to happen. Five. I, that'd be tough, but that would also be impressive for him to do. If anyone's going to do it. It's Kyle Busch. So before we take a quick break, it is time now to look at the left turn point standings. And Trevor and I have 
gone in, we, we pick each race, and we're keeping track. And we'll real quick go through our weekend picks and, and update where we sit in point standings. In the Las Vegas truck race, Kyle or Trevor picked Kyle Busch. He ends up getting that, so he gets winner's points as well as the overall finisher's points. I picked Ben Rhodes. He did not have a great race. <laughs> you had really bad luck with a and, lot of these picks. Ben Rhodes had a tire problem early, got in the wall. Or he got put in the wall early. And I think he said on Twitter that it ended up bending bending the motor mounts as well as other things. He was able to drive back into the top five before late in the race. He had a tire issue that, that resulted from that accident earlier. He ends up finishing 25th. We go to the Xfinity Series. I took Kyle Busch. He ends up with the win. Trevor took Christopher Bell, who ended up finishing 13th. That late race wreck cost me a lot of points. And then in the Cup Series, Trevor picked Joey Logano. Ended up winning. I took Ryan Blaney, who had tired p- troubles early. And then the weird thing with Ryan is he had a fast car. I don't think he had a car capable of winning, yeah, but top a top 10, 10 car. But in a, in a series in a world now where getting laps back is fairly easy, he was never able to get in position. And a lot of that comes from not having any cautions, but was never able to get in position at the end of those stages to get his laps back, and he it ends up 22nd. So for the weekend, Trevor picked up 104 points. I only brought home 67 Trevor ended up with four winner's points. I got two. So you look at the overall standings now. Trevor leads 272 to 222, and we're tied with winner's points picks at five. We'll get to our picks here Told a little bit a later. Trevor did tell me he was basically going to destroy me in this competition, but it's a long season to go. And there's still IndyCar. So when we get back on the left turn, that is what we are going to talk about. We're going to turn to the IndyCar series as they start – their 2019 season at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. You're listening to The Left Turn on X106. Welcome back to The Left Turn. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you for another 15 or so minutes as we now turn our attention to some guys that also make right turns. And those is They make the, a lot more right turns than they used to. They, they do. They only go to about five ovals a year now, but this is the newly branded NTT IndyCar Series as this this to me is a really exciting lineup of drivers, a really exciting season. I'm pretty excited. Use excited way too many times there. But are you excited? I'm excited okay. for the IndyCar season. Is this race I think this is the most competitive this series has been. And this is a very competitive series where really there's twenty one cars show up. There's nineteen of them can uh, can win the race. But even so more this year. Picking this, I, I couldn't make a – we've been talking about our picks since Monday. Yeah. And it, it took it me tough. until about we, – we started this show 44 minutes ago. It took me – I made my pick 45 minutes ago. There's – you know, IndyCar is a lot more about strategy, I, think, I feel like, than – I mean, am I wrong for thinking that? No, it absolutely I mean, is. I mean, that's how that, – that's how Sebastian Bourdais won two Grand Prix of St. Petersburg – in a row is he's put himself in a position via strategy to win the race. He didn't necessarily have the best car, didn't necessarily qualify all that well, but he ends up putting himself in position to, to win races, and that's how he was able to get it last year. Yeah, and I think any cars were out strategy. You think of Takuma Sato at Portland last year, the first race there. He didn't have fastest car most of the day, but he put himself in the right spot at the right time to win the race, and I think that's a very important aspect of racing as well. So. Yeah, you look at this entry list, it, it really, there's not many guys on this list that would be super surprising to me if they won. You know, there's going to be the favorites, you know, Joseph Newgarden, um, Scott Dixon, Tony Kanon's still around. It feels like it's been forever. Um, Graham Rahal, 
Simon Pagano, Bourdais, Rossi. I mean, that's going to be your favorites. But so, so real quick before we dive into this weekend's race, which is the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, that'll happen Sunday at twelve thirty on the NBC Sports Network. But I think let's go through. We'll look at the schedule real quick. Maybe talk about some of the races throughout the season we're looking forward to. We can already say we're looking for the Indi- looking forward to the Indianapolis 500. That's just a given. We'll, we'll yeah. skip that for now, and we'll talk about some others. But then we'll also go through, you know, kind of just a quick rundown of the the field expected this season. But you start with the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg this weekend. Then you go to the IndyCar Classic, the first I'm visit really at Coda. For this. And I think we can answer that right now. I think for me, Coda. The Circuit of the Americas, that, that's the race everyone's got on their schedule just the second of the season as being really interesting. Then you go to the, the Grand Prix of Alabama, that is at Barber Motorsports Park, April 7th. Then you go to the Grand Prix of Long Beach, the streets of Long Beach, that'll be April 14th. Then you hit the Andy Car Grand Prix, and that is on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway before you head to the two-week festivities leading up to the Indianapolis 500, the 103rd running of that on May 26th. Before we go through the rest of the schedule real quick, new format for qualifying this year is uh, with last year you you had bump day, surprise James Hinchcliffe not making the show. This year it looks and there's you know you can there's no confirmed entry list yet. You can just kind of look at who said they're going to going to be there. You, you we're going to get a full field for sure. There's going to be bumping, but you're looking at, at 36 plus cars. Yeah, I don't think it's probably crazy to at say the 500. 38 or 39. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I, I mean, we we had just a, a car this week with a Clawson Marshall Racing or, or they're a USAC Sprint Car and Midget Team, and they're going to run an Indy car this year. It sounds like with Chris Windham, it'll be with Pippa Man. Did they go Pippa Man? Pippa Man, and and that's a smart move. I, a lot of people didn't like that because she really hasn't proven herself all that much. But she's experienced. It, it wouldn't be the best to have a, a driver. And I look forward to this team being there in the future. She so get guys like a Tyler Courtney or a Chris Wyndham to, to hop in an Indy car for the Indy 500, kind of like we saw with, with what Brian Clawson did a couple times was a, a sole USAC guy, and, and USAC used to be what Indy car mm-hmm. was. So. To, to have a USAC team say, we're going to run IndyCar, but a new team and a new driver isn't the smartest play. So I, I think it, if that's the driver that they found that could fit that role, bring a little bit of funding, she's got enough experience around around the speedway to give them enough feedback to, to hopefully well, be competitive. And you have a, there's enough guys, too, that are running just – or slated right now to run just the Indy 500. Um Elio Castroneves, Connor Daly is slated to run the Indy 500 for Andretti. Um, Fernando Alonso. Fernando Alonso, yep. I was, Sage Karam. there, Sage Karam. I think Jordan King is running it for Rahal Letterman. Um, Ed Jones is going to be running. He's going to be doing some other stuff as well, Ed Carpenter Racing. But. but You've got 24 on the entry list now, and really you can fill the rest of the field with with the one-offs we know of and that's why we're saying it's not crazy to say 36 or 38 with, with some surprise entries there there's what was rumor and i think mclaren's just going to stick with one entry but there was rumor they were going to go two. you know what one car we don't see on the grid this year is the hunkosh racing car kyle kaiser one of the guys that drove the, those cars last year that team not on the indy car grid to st pete but i think we can expect them to at least field a car for the 500 right now it's According to what I'm reading, they're expected to run at Coda. But that's all speculation. And the the reason we're bringing this up is the, the new qualifying format is 
for the Indy 500 last year. All the bumping was done on Saturday, and then once the field of 33 was set, 33 through 10 requalified for position, and then you ran the fast nine, one through nine. This year, it's going to be different. Everyone's going to get one run on Saturday. They're going to find the fast nine, and then positions 10 through 30 are locked. They will not run on Sunday. Then on the Sunday's qualifying, that is now bump day, where they will run the fast nine, so one through nine will qualify for the pole, but then 31st, 32nd, 33rd, and back will try to get faster, and we'll, they'll run the bumping process like that. I think Sunday, 500 qualifying is going to be crazy. and is the, Last year was dramatic with, with the James Hinchcliffe situation. We're in line for some crazy stuff to happen Sunday this year in May for, for qualifying. Watch someone like Scott Dixon not qualify and that's what's that's what's great about nd 500 qualifying is unlike every other form of racing there are no provisionals there are no guaranteed spots you if you're not fast enough you don't make the race so you can see anyone on that entry list any one of the indycar favorites like last year with hinchcliffe not make the show so after the indy 500 you'll have the, the you'll still have the the duels in detroit as they will visit Belle Isle on June 1st and 2nd. Then we'll go to Texas for the second oval race of the year on June 8th. Then we'll be at Road America June 23rd. Toronto, July 14th. Then they'll go to Iowa for uh, on July 20th. I'm always really biased, but I enjoy that race. Indy cars on a short track is always great. I think it's, I think it's great. I miss are – you, are you old enough to remember they used to go to Richmond – I remember they used to. I don't remember watching any of those it specifically. Was, it was, it was a long good. time ago, but I know they went there. Then you get Mid-Ohio on July 28th, Pocono on August 18th, then Gateway August 24th, and then they will go to Portland again September 1st. And then I'm excited they're going to change too. the final race of this year. They'll no longer be at Sonoma. They'll be at Laguna Seca in Monterey, California. That's going to be good to see those guys there. The, the main the, the corkscrew corners there are always fun. Has IndyCar ever been at Laguna Seca? I believe they have. They, they used to Kart go a while was. ago. Maybe was. it was Kart. I don't Kart know if IndyCar has ever been there. Um, but. but I'm not sure IndyCar was. I'm really excited for Portland again. I mean, we saw the chaos last year. You know, maybe it won't be the same this year because guys will be more familiar with the track. But it was a fun track, put on a great race, and uh, I would expect nothing else this year. So real quick, we'll go in and run through. What we expect to see on the grid this season, you're going to get Joseph Newgarden in, in a Penske car. He's going to be back running number two this season. He is no longer the defending champion. Mateus Lace will be in the four car for A.J. Foyt Racing. James Hinchcliffe will be in the five. And then Marcus Erickson will make the transition to IndyCar Racing. It is Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, and, and still we've been watching Robert Wickens in, in his recovery, and he's... I think he's he's up and, and somewhat walking at this point, so it's great to see his continued recovery. But Marcus Erickson will step into that six car this season. Scott Dixon obviously will be in the nine with Chip Ganassi, and then your favorite will be in the ten car, Felix Rosigvist. Had to give him a chance to say that. Will Power he will be in the twelve with Penske. Tony Kanon back in the fourteen with with. And I'm going to preface this by saying I know pretty pretty much nothing about Felix Rosigvist. Other than I enjoy saying Rosengvist. Do you want to say it one more time? Rosengvist. There you go. Graham Rahal, he will be in the 15 with Rahal Letterman. Lanigan Racing. Sebastian Bourdais back in the 18 car for Dale Coyne. Santino Ferrucci, he will be in the 19 car for Dale Coyne this year. And then Ed Jones will be in the 20 car on the, the street and road courses. Ed Carpenter obviously back in that 20 car 
for the ovals. And I think Ed Jones will also be running at the Indy 500. Spencer Piggott in the 21 car. That is also for Ed Carpenter Racing. And then Simon Pagano in the 22 car for Penske. Charlie Kimball, I think this car is part-time this season, the 23 for Carlin Racing. Him and R.C. Anderson are going to kind of split, is what I've read. Zach Veach in the 26 car for Andretti Autosport. Alexander Rossi, he'll be in the 27 for Andretti. And then Ryan Hunter-Ray in the 28. All three returning from last season. And Takuma Sato, again, he'll be that second car for Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan in the 30. Max Chilton in the 59 for Carlin. And then another part-time team, Jack Harvey, will be in the 60 for Michael Shank Racing. And then a new team to the sport will, that will be at, at the GP of St. Pete this week. And Ben Hanley for Dragon Speed Racing. I believe they're going to run the 81 car for, for the races they run. Not a full-time team, but they'll be at some races this season. Colton Herta will be in the 88 car for Harding Steinbrenner Racing. And then Marco Andretti back in the 98 car. So a good field of drivers, a lot to look at. But of the of the guys we know running full-time, you got to pick for champion, Trevor. Real quick, Colton Herta is younger than us. Yes, he is. I figured he, he's he's eighteen. Yes, I mean, he, that's that's insane. Um, I'm going with Alexander Rossi. Um, I was torn on this one. He had a really fast car last year, if I remember correctly. He kind of messed himself up with some mistakes. Uh, did he overdrive a corner or something? I can't remember. Um, he overdrove drove several corners throughout. The season. Yeah, and I think St. Pete's where it started, and then he got into some contact with Robert Wickens, who probably should have won that race, and then Sebastian Bourdain ended up winning. But I'm going to go with Rossi. I think he kind of feels like he let a championship slip away last year, and I think he makes a statement early. I think I think Rossi is probably the favorite, but I'm going to go Joseph Newgarden. I think consistency will win out this year. He's going to win some races. I think Newgarden, after trying to defend his championship last year, which we've seen in any car be difficult, mm-hmm. is defending that championship. Scott Dixon wins every other that too. So I think Joseph Newgarden gets it done. Scott Dixon probably will finish second or third this season just because it's Scott Dixon. And Sebastian Bourdais won two in a row at St. Pete. I think it ends this week, but you can't count him out. Well, that, that was the champion. I know your pick for the GP of St. Petersburg is Rossi. I think the winner of this weekend's race is Ryan hunter Ray. We'll stick with, with Andretti Autosport simply because I can't pick the same as Trevor. I wanted to go Rossi yeah, as well. but I'm go- I, I think Rossi's – I think he feels like he's still upset. So – so the last couple minutes we have here, we'll go back to the NASCAR scene as they head over to Phoenix now as they are on the second of their three West Coast races. You've got the, the Cup Series on Sunday, the Xfinity Series on Saturday. The entry list came out for the Xfinity Series, and there was one Cup driver on it, again being Kyle Busch. And for the second week in a row, tell me, with Ross your Chastain first pick. Isn't a Cup driver? We, we've, yes, he is, but he, he's not in equipment that is capable of winning a race then that's the easiest way to but he but he is so there are two cup drivers thank you trevor for correcting me appreciate all you do that's what you're here for we got to be accurate yep again i don't you i think you're right i think you being here has messed with my head i think it has i think i'm gonna have to leave again next week just so you can well i've been told you won't be here I, i won't be so maybe well hopefully accuracy will be better on my part next next show next week yep but this week kyle bush is on the list you get the first pick for the second week in a row and you don't go with kyle bush who's your pick this go week? christopher bell he looked pretty dominant in phoenix last time granted kyle bush wasn't there 
Um, both drivers have won the new layout at Phoenix, Bush in the Cup Series, Bell in the Xfinity Series. Um, I, I think the layout kind of helps Christopher Bell because you can kind of drive pretty much anywhere. Give me C. Bell to get the win. And I'm going to go Kyle Busch. He, he left it for me, and I'm going to take it. I'm giving you cookies. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing you cookies because I've got a big enough lead I can do this. Because what's my points lead? 60 points? 50. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if – and Christopher Bell's probably going to have a top five car. So – I can afford to waste a couple points. And that Xfinity Series race is Saturday. It'll be at 3 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Go to the Cup Series now. That race, Sunday, 2.30 p.m. on Fox. But after you pick the winner of Joey Logano, I get first pick this week. And I'm going to go Kevin Harvick. We know how he races at Phoenix. And the races, the, the tracks he's dominant at, lately he's not been able to win. But he's been he's had fast cars throughout the season this year. Good at Daytona. Good at Atlanta. Good at Las Vegas. I think Kevin Harvick gets it done this week. It's a really original pick. Very. And when you're down to points, the, the one bad thing about this point system we've started is now we're going to get serious and we're not going to go out there with our picks. I am right now. I'm going to go out there a little bit. I'm going to take my favorite Bush brother. It'd be Kurt Bush to get the win this weekend. They've looked fast. He probably last year at Phoenix had the second fastest car behind Chase Elliott. Was racing to get into the championship four, got himself caught up in an accident, came up short. That car looks like it can win races this year and be a championship contender. And I like Kurt Busch to get the win at Phoenix this week and get a win before little brother Kyle does. Again, just to recap real quick, the cup race will be Sunday at 2.30 p.m. on Fox. Trevor is taking Kurt Busch. I am taking Kevin Harvick. The Xfinity Series that will be on Saturday at 3 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Trevor, he's taking Christopher Bell. I am taking Kyle Busch. And then the IndyCar Series kicks off their season on the streets of St. Petersburg with the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. That is at 12.30 on the NBC Sports Network. Trevor is taking Alexander Rossi. I am going with Ryan Hunter Ray. That'll do it for us here on the left turn for Trevor Mater. I'm Jacob Blair. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see Trevor again at some point this semester. Maybe. Thank him for being here this week. Yeah, I, I will be I'm back. tired now. I'm... I will be back next week from 5 to 6 to recap everything we saw from this weekend, preview up the upcoming weeks. But thanks for tuning in. This has been The Left Turn on X106.